Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, is right. It's 26 uh, November. It's Sunday. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And I've got lots of comments or questions already about my bandana. This came from somebody named Mike Provident. And um, it's got little emojis all over it. And he said, as much as you say you were on the computer, the emoji seemed like a good find. So I very much appreciate the bandana. It was a... uh, yeah, little little happy faces and smiley faces and probably some tongues pointed inward at my brain. But anyway, um, okay, here's what we got today. I'm going to start out very, very, uh, uh, gee, just almost have a loss for words on this. Last week I did a prophecy update on the timing of the rapture, and it was pretty much well received by everybody. But I mentioned somebody at the very beginning of the um, update. His name's Jacob Presh. And I said seven words about him. I said something like um, uh, he had barbecued J.D. Farrag over his stand on something that J.D. Farrag had said. And that's all that I said of him through the entire update. It ended after that. And that was to set the stage that I was going to do something on pre-tribulation rapture, not a mid-tribulation rapture. And immediately following that, I went into speaking about True News, who is here in Florida, and that is who I referred to throughout the entire Prophecy Update. But the Jacob Presh uh, supporters were very angry at me, and they actually had Jacob Presh email me, or he emailed me. I don't know if he saw it first or if, you know. Anyway, he emailed me, and I said, you misunderstood what I was saying. I was speaking about you in one context, and I even said, go back and watch the video. I never watched any of his videos. I have no idea what he said except what I was told is that he barbecued J.D. Farrick, and I left it at that. Now, having said that, somebody was watching the update who's a friend of mine, and uh, he emails me a lot, and on Facebook, he emailed me. And uh, it was, this is fortunately before Jacob Press should email me by about three days. And so I had a copy of it, and I immediately, within seconds of Jacob uh, emailing me, I uh, screen made a screenshot of it, and I sent it to him to show him that this is obviously something can, people can deduce if they watch the entire update. If you watch just a part of something, you may get a wrong impression. Here's what he said. This is my friend. I'm not going to give his name. I blacked out his name on the picture so that people don't know who he is, but this is Sunday at 3.58 p.m. He's watching it in the afternoon. Where did you hear Jacob say, if we believe in the pre-trib, we are going to hell? Well, I didn't. I said uh, that's what True News had said. At Sunday at 4.58 p.m., he says, oops, my bad. That was Rick Wiles from True News. So we understood. I wasn't speaking at all about Jacob Presh. Okay, so I want to make this distinction that I had no ill will towards Jacob Presh at all, other than to say that he had come against a pre-tribulation rapture supporter, okay? And um, Wednesday, I finally got to my emails, which I don't answer on Monday or Tuesday ever. That's prophecy update work, and especially Monday, you're not going to get me to answer the phone or an email or anything because I sermon typing from 4 a.m. all the way till late at night um, or late in the evening. And uh, But finally, Wednesday, this is two days before Jacob Presh emailed me, I, I said, Yes, Rick Wiles. That's who I'm speaking of. So it's very clear that I had nothing to do with belittling Jacob Presh. We went back and forth in a couple of emails, and I can say that seven words can change an entire life because I now have a brother in Christ named Jacob Presh. We were very cordial by the time we finished because he understood I was not speaking of him. And uh, if he ever comes to America, he's over in England, 
he's welcome to come to this church because I even told him I have a friend in England who loves this guy and he's always emailing me about him. I don't have time to watch videos. I don't. So the only reason why I watched the one on True News is because it was truly bad news. That was what he said on True News about it being uh, 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 you're going to hell because you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture is inexcusable. And I wanted to hear it with my own ears, and so I watched that video. But with Jacob Presh, my friend in Great Yarmouth um, recommended him many, many times. And so somebody in this church asked, who do you recommend to teach prophecy? And I gave him as one of the teachers. And there's very few I gave. I can say John Holler up north and Jacob Presh, and I don't think I gave anybody else. But... Jacob Resch, I said, he is a mid-tribulation supporter when I told this person that. But anyway, um, uh, one of the things that I do, and I want people to understand this, is that I uh, try not to have animosity towards other Christians. I will state my view, and if somebody disagrees with me, I will bring up their name because we have a disagreement, and you have to have somebody. You, I've got something I want you to do. Come up here, Jim. I, I want Jim to come up here because this will validate. Hopefully, he'll remember what I'm going to talk about. You got to stand where the people can see you on the camera. D did I ask you to come up here? Did you know anything about this? You got to come closer because they can't see you. Okay, come on down here. No, yeah. I had no idea. Okay, <laughs> now make sure people can see you when I, I ask you this. Who is one of the people that I have the greatest theological disagreements with that I cite during Bible study many, many times? Oh, um, what's his name up there in a... Uh I can't remember his name. R I went to R.C. Sproul. There you go. There okay, R.C. Sproul. Sproul. Now, <laughs> I asked you one time, you were going to a conference with R.C. Yes. Sproul. Do you remember what I told you to say to R.C. Sproul if you met him? Not say, do. You said, first, give him a big hug because he's a great teacher of the word of Christ, and then slap him aside the head <laughs> because he was a, uh, 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 what is it, a pre-election Calvinist. Calvinist. Yeah, he believes in uh, predestination <laughs> yes, yes. differently than we do. So I, I, I wanted did, you to correct this, but you did, okay, so I you, did neither, just to let you know. You did neither. Okay, you didn't give him a hug and you didn't slap him up by, beside the head, but I always try to be fair with Christians. If people have differences in non-salvific matters... Right such as Jacob Presh. He believes in mid-trib. He's wrong. I believe it 100%. I don't hate the guy. I have all kinds of friends that are mid-trib and post-trib, and R.C. Sproul doesn't even believe in a rapture, okay? And I recommend people to read R.C. Sproul's works. I read his work every single morning of my life, okay? And then I highlight it, and I get angry at it, and I, 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 it's unbelievable because he has such bad theology in some areas, and yet he has such fine Christology, and he has such fine teaching in other areas. He's not a heretic. If he was a heretic, like this guy was saying pre-trib uh, believers are, it true news, he needs to be called out and he needs to barbecue, be barbecued. Now, having said that, one more thing before I go on. Uh, Jacob Presh had sent me some of his videos to substantiate that he was not mean to J.D. Uh, Farrick, okay? I never watched J.D. Farrick either. I don't have time to watch people's videos. But anyway, a couple other people sent me precious videos, and so I finally decided to watch it, and I sat down and I watched it. And what he said on that video almost mirrored what I said. I talked about the word apostasia not being used properly by people. He was correcting J.D. Farrag on that. And he, the reason why he did his video against J.D. Farrag was because J.D. Farrag was saying what the people at True News 
uh, we're saying that it's satanic influence to believe in a mid-trib rapture, which is absolutely crazy. This is why I don't watch other people's stuff is because I sit there and I fume over it, right? So uh, Jacob Resch and I were in complete agreement except the timing of the rapture. It's not something to divide the fellowship over. So as far as I'm concerned, he comes to America. He's got a place where he can stay right out in my house and overlook Sarasota Bay, and we can talk and have a good time because we're in agreement on pretty much everything except the actual timing of the rapture, and I will correct him if he comes. <laughs> anyway, there you go. So I, I just want you to know that was not directed at him, and uh, I, I uh, do think that if somebody has a disagreement with me personally on a video, I probably wouldn't even watch it. Because I'd just be angry. You know, I've said my piece. I know what I believe. I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I defended it last week perfectly. Okay? I don't know anybody could come to another conclusion. I've given the uh, sermon in the Old Testament, which many people emailed me and said, can you send me that link? It is very clear in the Old Testament what is being presented in typology, in pictures of the coming of Christ for his church. It is very clear. But having said that, I want everybody to know that uh, Jacob Resch was not in any way the target of my... uh, uh, But I will say that what I said was true. I said that he barbecued J.D. Farrag, and he did. But he did it lovingly. He did it with with, uh, eloquence, and J.D. Farrag was barbecued. I can tell you, his stand, what he said was absolutely right. We are not to take apart other Christians over non-salvific matters. If somebody starts saying heretic, heretic... I'm going to correct you, but that non-salvific stuff, you want to disagree, be wrong as you want, okay? If you want right doctrine, Thursday night, come and watch our Bible study streaming online, okay? There you go. End of that. Next week, just so everybody knows right now, next week, 3 December, Usama Dakdok will be here to do the Prophecy Update. I hope everybody watches this. He's going to do it on Sharia. Okay? So, yes, it's going to be a very good presentation. I hope you'll be here. He is the finest mind in the understanding of Islam in the world today. And I'm including him above Muslims himself because he comes without presuppositions. So he is the finest mind on Sharia law and Islam in the world. And he will come and he will defend his position. And when you are done watching this this thing on Sharia, you will understand a lot more than you ever thought you wanted to know. You will be fully versed on it. I guarantee you this is he is a great intellectual mind. Okay. Uh, somebody to highlight this week is named Max Dolan. He's from Sanford, North Carolina. You know, we have a Sanford right here in Florida. That's where R.C. Sproul is, Sanford, Florida. I'll tell you something about Sanford because this is funny and you'll laugh. Um, when we were young, you know, you used to go surfing. We'd go to the East Coast and we'd go surfing. And there was a guy that we knew. And everywhere that you had been, he had been. Oh, I've been there. I surfed. I, I shot the tube there. You know, he's just. And uh, so one time somebody said, I'm going to get this guy. And he said, have you ever surfed the Sanford Pier? Oh, yeah, man, I love that. That's a bad. Sanford's right in the middle of the state. You ain't catching anything but a cold there. So there you go, Sanford, Florida. Okay, um, Max Dolan is from Sanford, North Carolina. He's a little bit north of us. Um, been studying the end times, he says, since November 1978 while in Italy with the USA. And I believe that's when the now-departed Gaddafi stupidly rocketed Diego Garcia. Now, I don't know about that. I don't know anything about him rocketing Diego Garcia, but he uh, th- this was something uh, back in 78 or sometime around then. Uh, we pounded him solidly after that, and he stayed quiet for about 25 years. Anyway, my mom started sending me a little quarterly publication from Oklahoma called Bible in the News, and I started to really study the Bible in the light of current events. Scared eldest daughter to death. Daddy, I want to grow up, get married, and have kids, too. I'm not ready for Jesus to return yet. 
Um, then he goes on, been retired for 29 years from that army and was on active duty in God's Foreign Legion for over eight years in Central Asia. Uh, he was a Southern Baptist International Missions Board with his wife, and we've been home for 10 years and brought home two children, now 13 a boy and 14 a girl. Having these two kids who would have been raised by Muslims brings home to us the plight of a lot of the world concerning Islam. And he made some comments, which I'm not going to put in there, because, um, uh, but he, you, you know that he lived in the den, and he brought these children out of the den. All right. He works with wounded, ill, and injured service members right now and vets on the job. This is what he's currently doing. He said you can check us out at www.warriorcaremilitary, which is the DOD Office of Warrior Care Policy website. So wonderful stuff, and we send our love up to Sanford, North Carolina. Okay, our first category today is Israel. And let's see here from Gatestone. Uh, when was the Palestinian people created? Okay, Google has the answer. You go right online, you can read it. All people born in British Mandate Palestine between 1923 and 1948, which is today's Israel, had Palestine stamped on their passports at the time. But when they were called Palestinians, the Arabs were offended. They complained, we are not Palestinians, we are Arabs. The Palestinians are the Jews. Okay, after invading Arab armies were rooted and the Arabs who had fled the war wanted to return, they were considered a fifth column and not invited back. I've said this before. When, in 1948, every Islamic nation on earth declared war against Israel, and the Muslim people that were in Israel or the land of Israel, called Palestine at the time, uh, started to leave, the Jews said to them, please do not leave. We will work this out together. We will be a people united. And they left. They left voluntarily, and Israel resoundingly destroyed the enemies that came against them. God was with them during this, okay? They asked them not to go, and when they wanted to come back, they said, you are not invited back here. You left voluntarily, and we asked you not to go, okay? So this started this thing that's going on in the world right now, which uh, they were considered a fifth column. The Arabs who had loyally remained in Israel during the war, and Arab does not mean Muslim. Arab means Arab. It's a culture. You can be a Muslim. You can be a Christian. We have a Christian friend, Rhoda, who is on that weekly travel video every single week. She's there. She is an Israeli, and she is proud of being an Israeli. It says, um, the Arabs who had loyally remained in Israel during the war, however, and their descendants are still there and make up one-fifth of the population. They are known as Israeli Arabs. They have the same rights as Christians and Jews, except they are not required to serve in the army unless they wish to. So they are given a right that Jews are not given. They, all Jews must go in for two years of service, male and female, and they've the Herides that before didn't want to be in, they are now required to go. Yes, the only people that are not required to go are the Arabs. They do not have to go, but they do serve, they volunteer, they go willingly, and they love Israel. They support their nation, okay? The, this is a quote. Now, I want you to tell me who said this. The Palestinian people do not exist. The creation of a Palestinian state is only a means for continuing our struggle against the state of Israel, for our Arab unity. In reality, there is no difference between Jordanians, Palestinians, Syrians, and Lebanese. That was the PLO leader Zuhair Moshen in an interview with the Dutch newspaper Tro in March 1977. Hence, I use the term 
Fakestein, because it is all a lie. I've lost a very close friend over this in the past few weeks. And you know what? That's because that person is uninformed. That person is uninformed over this issue. You go back and you research. I got a lot more. I got miles of this, but this happened to come out this week, and I thought, I'm going to tell you about it. It, it is an absolute lie which has been brought on the people of the world. And if you believe this book, then you will not support Fakestein. That is all there is to it because it says in Joel 3, 1, that the Lord is going to come against all of the nations of the world. He's going to bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And there I will judge for my people Israel because the world has divided the land. Coming soon to a division of peace process with the Antichrist soon near you. Okay, we'll be out of here. We're pre-Troy believers, but this is coming soon. All right, from Arts Shiva. Abbas, we won't relinquish the right of return. Abbas vowed to the Fakistanian people that the free and independent state of Fakistan within the 67 borders with eastern Jerusalem as its capital would be established with absolute certainty. Abbas said the world is more aware than ever of the rights of the Fakistanian people because the lie is being perpetrated on the people of the world. Okay, so where was I? Especially their right to self-determination freedom and independence and that the Fakistanian state is recognized and can no longer be ignored. Once again, this is because the world is pushing this lie on the people of the world. And of course, you get a new generation and the new generation believes it because that's all they've ever been told. It's like evolution. You keep telling it, you keep telling it, and pretty soon small minds full of mush believe the lie. Okay, so Abbas stressed that the Fakistanian people who began their legitimate struggle a century ago at the time of the Balfour Declaration will continue their struggle and will not relinquish their national rights, which are based on the decisions of international institutions. It's international that's doing it. It has nothing to do with what's going in the land, which is a complete lie. Israel was sovereignly placed back in the land by God. And I tell you what. He is not going to let... Th- let me read you something from the book of Amos. All right, I'm going to read you something. Somebody emailed me some questions, and they said I should change my stand on a particular issue this past week. And I said, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But one of the things that I cited them was this verse from Amos. It's uh, chapter 9. It's the very last verse in the book of Amos. Here's what it says. Now, before I read you this verse... There are scholars from times past who are not dispensationalists. John Gill goes back to the 1600s, and uh, Adam Clark goes back to the 1700s. These people are not dispensationalists, okay? And they both came to exactly the same conclusion on this verse. Here's what it says. I will plant them in their land, meaning Israel, and no longer shall they, shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord God. Okay, so first thing. Has that ever been fulfilled in human history before? No, because in AD 70, they were pulled up from the land and they were dispersed. John Gill and Adam Clark both wrote, and if you want the quotes, email me and I'll send them to you. They both wrote that this has never been fulfilled in history and it's signed by the divine author and therefore it must come to pass. And so God did what he said he was going to do. He has planted them in the land. And I guarantee you that if they are ever pulled up again, you can take this book and toss it. It will never happen. Okay, they're going to go through great trouble. They're going to go through the tribulation period, but they are staying in the land. This isn't me. I didn't write this book. There are all kinds of things that people don't like about this book, but when I teach them, I teach them according to this book. God wrote it, and I'm going to teach it. 
All right. That's just the way it is. So let's go on. Um, he says, primarily the right of return, self-determination, and the establishment of a Fakistanian state with Jerusalem as its capital. And that's going to happen. It's going to be divided, and half of it's going to go to them, and half of it's going to go to Israel. We know this is true. The book of Zechariah tells us. While he demands that Israel recognize Fakistan, Abbas refuses to recognize Israel, which is actually a real country that the world has recognized in the United Nations and incites to violence against Israelis. So a little double standard there. Yeah. From our Shiva Hamas spokesman, we will never recognize Israel. That was just a couple days ago. From Sputnik, something to help Israel in their plight against their enemies. F-35I Adir, which I've been reporting on, it arrived last December. It is now ready to go fully operational to start full operations in December. A couple more days. Israel's F-35 Adir aircraft is preparing to become fully operational in the IAF next month in an effort to stymie Hezbollah in Lebanon and Iran-backed proxies in Syria. Under a special agreement between Washington and Tel Aviv, this is amazing, okay, the U.S. military treasures its technology, and they don't want, when we sell our technology to other people, they're not allowed to go changing it in any way, shape, or form, okay? They have to stick with our technology, mainly because when it goes bad, who do they have to buy it from, right? So everything is, uh, it, it's a money game, and I could tell you about co-production and all these things that we used to do when I was in the military. We had a, a branch that I worked in in Malaysia, and we would sell all kinds of military stuff all over Asia, you know, contracts and uh, uh, people buying things, and our stuff was always more expensive, but it was always better quality, and so we would give them what's called co-production. They would make a part of that particular aircraft or that particular light bulb or whatever we were selling them, and then they would get that uh, expertise, and they would also get a reduction in the cost of what they were buying. If you want to know where the ailerons were made for the F-16 aircraft, they're made in Bandung, Indonesia, or at least they were when I was in the military. We sold them the contract, and we gave them co-production. Okay, so... This is amazing that we allowed this. It says um, uh, the IAF is the only military branch in the world authorized to modify the F-35 in part because the two nations share a lot of tech with one another and also because Israel is apparently preparing for war at any moment. So they can upgrade their avionics, and they have. I guarantee you they're vastly superior than what we have sold them. The Israeli F-35I is an intelligence-gathering machine in a league of its own. As a result of the stealth capabilities that take it beyond the powers of IAF, F-15, and F-16s, the costly warplane can evade various enemy radar systems deployed in the northern arena, and it is poised to play a key role in Israel's quest to stop Iran and its proxies from creating, excuse me, a threatening or threatening military outpost in Syria. The F-35I is also well-suited for the mission of selectively targeting the ongoing Iranian Hezbollah weapons trafficking program. I imagine that this plane will be a part of Gog Magog, and maybe it will be one of them that delivers one of the weapons that completely destroys the enemy that the Bible says is coming against them. Um, it's a certain type of weapon that uh, is, is going to do a lot of damage to people and probably not much damage to property something that Jimmy Carter many years ago said, we're not going to develop that, the neutron bomb, it's believed that Israel possesses the neutron bomb. Drop a bomb, wipe out all the life, and keep all the good stuff, okay? Um, and we, we can know that's kind of true because it says that all of the uh, battle implements will be burned for seven years 
it'll take seven years for them to go through all of it. So it won't be destroyed, and uh, they'll be able to use it for burning for fire and fuel and whatever. And I'm misquoting that, but that's basically the intent. So we'll go on. From uh, uh, Israel Hayom, Israeli space lab docks at the International Space Station. An Israeli-developed state-of-the-art space lab hosting four science experiments docked in the ISS after a successful launch. The space lab, built by Israeli space company Space Pharma, with the support of Science Ministries Israel Space Agency, is unique in that it requires no physical human contact, as it is controlled remotely by researchers on Earth. The experiments are the first of their kind as they are to be conducted on living biological cells, something that has never been attempted in the microgravity environment of space. The minuscule dimensions of the lab are 3.9 inches by 3.9 inches by 7.8 inches with a mass of only 5.1 pounds. It's a very small lab. Significantly, that has reduced the costs in the launch because it's so lightweight. The lab includes a microscope camera that transmits data from samples at the request of scientists on Earth. The lab is unique in that it is designed to maintain a constant temperature of 98.6 degrees, simulating the temperature of the human body. They can be controlled remotely from anywhere on Earth using a computer or even a smartphone application. That is pretty cool. Christian news today from the Catholic Report. Dope Francis, the poor are our passport to paradise. Everything he says, I'm telling you, everything that this person says is anti-biblical. Everything. I've never heard anything that he has said that I said that matches with what Scripture says. He says the poor are our passport to paradise. In the poor... We find the presence of Jesus, who, though rich, became poor. He's equating the poor of the world with Jesus stepping out of the divine realm and becoming a human being. Okay? This guy is theologically a really, really bad person. Okay? He says, because of this, in their weakness, speaking of the poor people of the world, a saving power is present. And if in the eyes of the world they have little value, they are the ones who open to us the way to heaven. So this is works-based salvation, taking care of the poor, which is exactly what we talked against in our uh, Christian history devotional today. It is by faith and by faith alone that you are saved. You cannot be saved through a church. You cannot be saved through praying to Mary or the saints or any other way. There is one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. That didn't get amended. This book cannot be amended because it's the word of God, okay? Oh, I know we have a lot of ex-Catholics in here, and you seem to appreciate it more than most people because you've been through this and you understand what the Catholic Church has done by adding this type of thing in there. It's very dangerous, okay? He goes on, they are our passport to paradise, he said, explaining that it is an evangelical duty for Christians to care for the poor as our true wealth. Now, I would admit it's a duty for us to take care of the poor people, okay? That's something that doesn't change in any dispensation. You take care of your poor neighbor, you help them out, right? But it is not our evangelical duty to do so. Our evangelical duty is to tell people about Jesus Christ. Say by grace through faith, zippo else, okay? All right, mail online. The, the dope says anyone who denies climate change is perverse. Yes, Dope Francis has hit out at climate change deniers calling them perverse. Called global warming the most worrisome phenomena humanity is facing. And as I said, this is exactly what it says in, you know, if you do the parallel, if you understand what's going on in Genesis chapter 11, this is just a repeat of the Tower of Babel. 
It, that's all it is. I could go through there. If you don't understand that, go back and watch the Genesis 11 sermon. You'll understand the parallel is exact what's going on in the world today. That which has been will be again. That which has been done will be done again. And there is nothing new under the sun. Okay? Um, Daily Caller. This is just terrible. This is just terrible. First transgender minister appointed in United Kingdom Methodist Church. Yes, a transgender person, a man identifying as a woman, has become the United Kingdom Methodist Church's first transgender minister. It's like they're 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 trying to outdo each other in perversion. Okay, physically transitioning, changing his gender to female after four decades of dressing like one. So this guy's a mental minuscule anyway, and now they're going to promote him in the church because he's transgender. Joy Everingham, a 46-year-old chaplain at the University of Kent, Canterbury. And father of two, imagine how messed up those kids are, announced to his congregation that he had fully accepted his identity and would transition to wearing women's clothing full time and began taking cross gender hormones. Everingham first discussed his plan of transitioning to senior church leaders who gave their full approval before announcing his plans to the congregation. So the senior church leaders all said, this is great news. Let's do this. Right. And then the congregation just said, this is wonderful. Everingham still married. He's been wearing a dress now for four, yeah, he's still married and living with his wife Ruth and their two sons and ordained as a Methodist deacon is the first transgender minister accepted by the Methodist Church in the United Kingdom. It is bizarro world. It's the Twilight Zone plus, 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 plus Uh, from the Express. Transgender row as Church of England. This happened a week ago, but I was gone for a week, and then last week I had to do the uh, Doctrine Prophecy Update, but some of you may not have heard this. Transgender row as Church of England causes outrage after saying, let boys dress in tutus. Boys as young as five must be allowed to dress in tutus or tiaras if they choose to do so. This is in Church of England schools throughout the country. The guidance was sent to all Church of England schools. A child may choose the tutu, princess tiara and heels, and or fireman's helmet, tool belt, and superhero cloak without expectation or comment. Childhood has a sacred space for creating self-imaging. The letter also told schools that they must no longer separate uniforms into boys and girls as they should not force children to wear uniforms that create difficulty for trans pupils. The archbishop, this is Welby himself is, is dictating this, the archbishop goes so far as to claim that to make children wear clothes that match their birth sex is bullying. So much for the Church of England, which I've said many times and it keeps just getting worse, but from the Telegraph Church of Sweden to stop clergy calling God he or the Lord in a bid to crack down on gendered language. The Church of Sweden is urging its clergy to use gender-neutral language when referring to the supreme deity, refraining from using terms like Lord and he in favor of a less specific God. Now, listen, that church that I uh, used to go to up in Massachusetts as a boy, which I'll mention in our sermon today, they've been doing this for years. They're under the Church of Christ, and there is no he, there is no, you know, they don't call him uh, the son of God or father or any of that stuff. So this is just now nationally accepted in Sweden. But this is a perverse ideology that has been going on for a while now. From Islam today, uh, Jerusalem Online, Israeli satellite images confirm reports of Iranian army base in Syria. This was reported a while ago, and now they have confirmed it. The Israeli satellite images from an Israeli satellite show a permanent Iranian military base outside the Syrian city of El Kiswa, a mere 50 kilometers away from the Israeli border. This will not be allowed to stand. I guarantee it. 
These images recently released by ImageSat Intel. BBC reported that the intelligence sources spoke of accelerated construction in the compound recently, with more than 20 new buildings built for housing soldiers 50 kilometers away from Israel and for storing vehicles. Israeli's defense minister Avigdor Lieberman warned that Israel will not allow for Syria to become an Iranian front line against Israel. This is really scary stuff that's going on right now. Very scary. From Zero Hedge, Erdogan, the guy in Turkey, rejects NATO apology. This is another one. You wonder why Turkey is coming against Israel along with this other coalition? Well, they're a part of NATO, right? It's not going to be long anymore. He rejects NATO's apology. There can be no alliance like that. Turkish President Erdogan is refusing to let NATO off the hook for an inadvertent yet insulting gesture that prompted him to remove 40 Turkish troops from a joint military exercise in Norway. Erdogan has rebuffed a NATO apology for what he called impudence after his name was included on an enemy's chart. They put the, one of their ally presidents on an enemy's chart, right? This, is, this was not a smart move by these people, and he is very upset. And he went this week to a meeting at Sochi with uh, Vladimir Putin and uh, Rouhani from Iran. They had a meeting about Syria. He is no longer dealing with the people that he's aligned with, which is NATO. This is very serious. Um, let's see here. He was on an enemy's chart shared with military officials participating in the exercises. Erdogan's name was reportedly included alongside a photo of Turkish founding father Mustafa Kemal Ataturk. Following the scandal, both NATO and Norway offered their apologies for the incident, saying that the message did not reflect their views. But Erdogan, who has grown increasingly critical of NATO in recent years following clashes with German leader Angela Merkel, is apparently using the incident as an excuse to widen the rift between Turkey and Brussels. It is a changing world. From the Times of Israel, one of the countries that is said to be coming explicitly against Israel in Gog Magog is Ethiopia. Egypt is not included in there. Something happened, uh, was reported this week, which may have a bearing on why these two nations will not be agreeing on anything. Egypt warns Ethiopia-Nile Dam dispute is life or death. Egypt is down the line on the Nile. It goes out into the ocean in Egypt, but it's way up here in Ethiopia where they are building a dam above the Aswan Dam. This could be a real problem, and this could show why Ethiopia will be aligning with Gog Magog. Okay, so here we go. Egyptian President El Sisi delivered a stern warning to Ethiopia over a dam it is building after the two countries, along with Sudan, failed to approve a study on its potential effects. Ethiopia is finalizing construction of the Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam, its first major dam on the Blue Nile, and will eventually start filling the giant reservoir behind it to power the Africa's largest hydroelectric dam. Egypt fears that will cut into its water supply, destroying parts of its precious farmland and squeezing its population of 94 million people who already face water shortages. They live by the Nile. If you've ever seen a picture of Egypt at night where the lights are, all you have to do is file where the Nile and its tributaries go out, and that is it. There is no other life in Egypt. If One reason why I've always said that Egypt would not be a part of Gog Magog is because Israel has probably told them long ago when they built the Aswan Dam, if you ever come against us, we will destroy the Aswan Dam, and your country will cease to exist in two hours. That water will flow down there, and it will kill everybody. Okay, well, the same thing is now happening to Egypt, which could happen to them. 
All right, so Ethiopia says the dam is essential to its development and has repeatedly sought to reassure Egypt. But Cairo's efforts to persuade Addis Ababa to engage in closer coordination over the dam appear to have made little headway. The Nile provides over 90% of Egypt's water supply. It also receives the lion's share of the Nile waters, more than 55 billion of the 88 billion cubic meters of water that flow directly down the river each year. Well, that's natural because it's got to go out somewhere, so eventually it gets out to the ocean. But if you want to know why the land of Israel was uninhabitable pretty much for the past 2,000 years, okay, part of it was because there was no Aswan Dam in the Egypt the Nile flowed out of Egypt, right? And when a river flows out of a land, where does what goes with it? What goes with a a, a, a river when water goes out? Something what? Sediment. That's right. And the current of the um, Mediterranean Sea goes this way around Israel. Okay, it comes in and it goes up Israel and then goes back around this way. So as the um, Nile River was dropping all of this sediment out of there for the past 2,000 years, and there's no Jews in the land in order to keep the rivers clear. Guess what happened? That sediment built up on the coasts of Israel, and it became all of the rivers turned into marshland. And there was dysentery, there was typhoid, and all of these diseases because nobody was there to clear the rivers, which the Jews did, and nobody else did. Okay, And so that is why they now have in Israel the most fertile land on the planet. It's because the Jews went back into the land, bought all of the land of Israel at exorbitant prices from the Ottoman Empire, and they cleared these old ancient rivers. And the water started flowing out. The uh, marshes started to become fertile land again. And as soon as they did this, guess what all the people in the world wanted? They wanted what Israel had done. They had sacrificed their own lives doing this in the land of Israel and all of a sudden the people that had been there which weren't many but they wanted all of the land for themselves and they started inviting other people and hey we got paradise here it was because of the Jew right it's a little history story I know I'm diverting from the story but I want you to understand how God has done everything according to his wisdom when he exiles Israel the land is uninhabitable nobody wants it why do you think that is because the Jew belongs to the land and the land belongs to the Jew we'll go on um, let's see here. More than 55 billion of the 88 billion cubic meters of water that flow down the river each year. El Sisi used a news conference at the Red Sea Resort of Sharm El Sheikh on November 8th, just a little while ago, to deliver the same message to Ethiopia. We view positively the developmental needs of our friends and brothers in Ethiopia, he said. And then he added, we are capable of protecting our national security and water. To us, it is a question of national security, full stop. The Egyptian leader did not say how Egypt intended to proceed. The government has publicly ruled out military action, but top Egyptian officials have, in recent months, been sharpening their rhetoric on Ethiopia. The Bible is told us who is coming against Israel, who will align with Israel. It tells us all of these things, okay? And this is one of those things that I think will have a part in that particular issue. Jerusalem Post, Saudi Arabia and Arab allies push for unity against Iran and Hezbollah. Saudi Arabia and other foreign ministers criticized Iran and its Lebanese Shiite ally Hezbollah at an emergency meeting in Cairo, calling for a united front to counter Iranian interference. Regional tensions have risen in recent weeks between Sunni monarchy Saudi Arabia and Shiite Islamist Iran over Lebanese Prime Minister Hariri's surprise resignation. He undid his resignation this week. It doesn't change anything, I assure you of this, and an escalation in Yemen's conflict. The kingdom will not stand by and will not hesitate to defend its security. 
Saudi Arabia's foreign minister, Adel Joubert, told the assembly, we must stand together. The emergency Arab foreign minister's meeting was convened at the request of Saudi Arabia with support from the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Kuwait to discuss means of confronting Iran intervention. In a declaration, after the meeting, the Arab League accused Hezbollah of supporting terrorism and extremist groups in Arab countries with advanced weapons and ballistic missiles. It said Arab nations would provide details to the United Nations Security Council of Tehran's violations for arming militias in Yemen. I don't know if you know it, but a few weeks ago, I think it was three weeks ago now, a ballistic missile was sent from Yemen into uh, uh, Saudi Arabia. And they intercepted it, but they found out that it was Iranian-made, okay? They believe it went from Iran to Hezbollah and then down to Yemen. This is not good. The Sunnis and the Shiites will never get along, and they are now aligning together, the Sunnis, and eventually they will align with Israel, but they will not support Israel when Israel is attacked. They're going to stand by and say, have you come to take a plunder? That's something that they're not going to be an active part of it, but they are – they're not going to work with Iran when that happens. They've learned their lesson in three wars already. They're not going through that again. Mongolia, from The Guardian. Mongolia's liver cancer crisis. No other country has a problem like this. Per to the World Health Organization, Mongolia has the world's highest rate of liver cancer, as well as the highest mortality rate from the disease. Each year, liver cancer and liver cirrhosis accounts for 15% of all deaths Chronic hepatitis is the most common risk factor in developing liver cancer, and 400,000 of Mongolia's 3 million citizens are diagnosed with the hepatitis virus. That's a huge percentage. The World Health Organization says hepatitis cases spiked in Mongolia in the 70s and 80s when syringes were regularly reused and dental and surgical practices were not always hygienic. Additionally, the country has high rates of hepatitis B and D super infection, which occurs when someone with chronic hepatitis B becomes infected with hepatitis D. There is no other country in the world that has a problem like this. Bad stuff. Daniel 12 Technology. I reported on this about two months ago, three months ago. We now have some documents that they didn't have before. Scary stuff. Inside the first church of artificial intelligence. AI has already inspired billion-dollar companies, far-reaching research programs, and scenarios both transcendence and doom. Now, Anthony Lewandowski is creating its first church. The new religion of AI is called Way of the Future. Papers filed with the IRS in May named Lewandowski as the leader or dean of the new religion, as well as CEO of the nonprofit corporation formed to run it. The documents state that the Way of the Future's activities will focus on the realization, acceptance, and worship of a godhead based on artificial intelligence developed through computer hardware and software. That includes funding research to help create the divine AI itself. So we now are creating gods instead of gods, you know, being uncreated. So we, what does that mean? If we create the divine, then we are the creators of God, right? We are God, right? It's, it's insane. The religion will seek to build working relationships with the AI industry leaders and create a membership through community outreach, initially targeting AI professionals and laypersons who are interested in the worship of a Godhead based on artificial intelligence. The filings also say that the church plans to conduct workshops and educational programs throughout the San Francisco Bay Area beginning this year. We're, we're almost at the end of this year. What is going to be created will effectively be a God. It's not a God in the sense that it makes lightning or causes hurricanes, 
But if there is something a billion times smarter than the smartest human, what else would you call it? I call it something a billion times smarter than the smartest human that isn't infinitely smart. And only God is infinitely smart. My goodness. Um, the idea needs to spread before the technology, he insists. The church is how we spread the word, the gospel. Lewandowski believes that a change is coming, a change that will transform every aspect of human existence, disrupting employment, leisure, religion, the economy, and possibly decide our very survival as a species. Sounds like the book of Revelation, Mark of the Beast. That's what it sounds like to me. If you ask people whether a computer can be smarter than a human, 99.9% will say that's science fiction. Well, that's not true. He says, actually, it's inevitable. It's guaranteed to happen. It can be smarter than human in intelligence, raw intelligence data, but it cannot make moral decisions. It never will make moral decisions, and that is where that will break down from Mail Online. This is very important, Daniel 12 technology information. I hope everybody will take it to heart. A beard can reduce the risk of skin cancer. Researchers found beards can stop up to 95% of harmful UV rays that cause skin cancer from infiltrating the skin it covers. Now, that seems to appeal to me for some reason, and I can't think of why at this moment, but I'll... I'll, Oh, I know why now. Revelation plagues today. Zero hedge. Scientists shocked as fisheries collapse on the West Coast. It's the worst we've ever seen. The Gulf of Alaska cod populations appears to have taken a nosedive. Scientists are shocked at the collapse, making this the worst they've ever seen. The 2017 trawl net survey found the lowest numbers of cod on record, forcing scientists to try to unravel what happened. A lot of the cod hatched in 2012 appeared to survive, but by 2017, those fish were largely gone for the surveys, which also found scant evidence of fish born in subsequent years. The decline is expected to substantially reduce the Gulf cod harvests that in recent years have been worth before processing more than $50 million to Northwest and Alaska fishermen who catch them with nets, pot traps, and baited hooks set along the sea bottom. The 2017 Traw Net Survey found the lowest numbers of cod on record, more than 70% lower than the survey found two years earlier. The cod decline likely resulted from the blob, a huge influx of warm Pacific Ocean water that stretched during its 2015 peak from the Gulf of Alaska to California's offshore waters. It's a normal cycle that happens. They call it what, El Nino or La Nina. It's one of the two. But this time the cod have not come back. Mail online. Children left struggling to breathe after being forced to return to schools in New Delhi as the city remains under siege from a deadly smog that is equivalent to smoking 44 cigarettes a day. Children have to live in this. Particles in the air are small enough to lodge into lungs and other organs. Short term, residents are suffering breathless chest pain and burning eyes. Children are vulnerable as they breathe in more air in proportion to their bodies. Morality today. What's that? But they'll be educated. But they'll be educated. That's right. That's Yes, they'll be smart, dead children. Morality today. Let's see here. From the mirror, transgender woman froze her sperm while still a man so she can father a child one day. It just keeps going on and on, doesn't it? Leah Membry, 20, visited the sperm bank three times before she began taking female hormones so that she can still become a biological father. Now, the next thing that's going to happen is this person is going to say, I want a womb implant and I want to be my own father and mother. 
That's that's what's going. Mark my words, because they are working on womb implants right now. And just imagine the dysfunction that humanity is going through at this point in time. Although she does not want to have children anytime soon, when she does, she wants to be naturally hers. Well, then why are you converting? You know, this is just crazy. Leah, who is hoping to become a communication student, said, I definitely want to have kids within the next 10 years, and having a child that is biologically mine is so important to me. Reuters, Scotland apologizes to gay men for historical convictions. I've said this before. It is very bad policy. If there is a law on the books and people violate it, they are criminals. Now, you can say we're going to take that law off of the books, but you don't apologize for things that that happened in the past that were moral decisions made in the past. But this is what is happening. Scotland is apologizing. Scotland's devolved government issued an apology to men convicted in the past for same-sex activity and passed a new law which will allow them to clear their names. Okay, Globe and Mail. Ottawa sets date for LGBTQ apology, but compensation not yet settled. So not only is Ottawa going to do what Scotland did, they're actually going to pay people because they were prosecuted for doing something illegal at the time. Okay, it's crazy. Advocates for people criminally, this is reparations. That's all it is. It's just like slavery reparations that people are asking for. That was the law at the time. And I got to tell you something. Slavery is alive and active in Libya right now. Our previous president went in and he undid that nation, which is going to be coming also against Israel. And when he did, the slave trade has flourished. You know what? This is this is a bad world and it is getting worse because of the policies of our previous president. But that's uh, beside the point. Advocates for people criminally charged or fired from their government jobs simply because they were gay are celebrating news that on November 28th, two days from now, Justin Trudeau will deliver a historic apology in the House for their mistreatment. LifeSite News. Alberta bans schools from informing parents about kids joining pro-LGBT clubs. Now, I guarantee you that if you have a gun club, they mandate the parents know that they are in a gun club. But you cannot tell them when they're doing something morally perverse. You know, you have children in schools. If you, as a nurse, give a child an aspirin, what will happen? You will lose your job, right? But if a child wants an IUD or any of the other uh, uh, things for contraception, they give them without question. This is a bad world, and it's getting worse. Our other category, Reuters. Images suggest North Korea aggressive work on ballistic missile submarine. Did anybody see the Red October years ago? Yes. Yeah, the guy went down and he was checking out information and he went down to where they were building subs. And the guy is a cripple. He was crippled and so he couldn't do what he used to do. And he's talking and he says, this is what my daddy warned against. He says he worried the most. He built a bomb shelter when we were kids because the Russians might lob a nuclear missile into America someday. He said, well, this could do it right off the shore and there would be no time to prepare And that's why we worry about Russia. We got a lunatic in charge of North Korea. And if this guy gets this ballistic sub that can shoot nuclear weapons, because we know he has nuclear weapons, and we also know that he's downsizing them, this cannot be allowed to stand. Trump will have to act. Satellite images of a North Korean naval shipyard indicate Pyongyang is pursuing an aggressive schedule to build its first operational ballistic missile submarine. The presence of what appears to be sections of a submarine's pressure hull in the yards suggests construction of a new submarine, possibly the Sinpo-C ballistic missile submarine, the follow-on to the current Sinpo-class experimental ballistic missile submarine. The report said that throughout 2017, there had been continued movement of parts and components into and out of two parts yards adjacent to the construction's halls in the center of the shipyard. 
It said images showed two large circular objects that could be sections of a submarine's pressure hull. It said these appeared larger than those for North Korea's Romeo class attack submarine. Images of a test stand indicated continued testing of a mechanism for ejection launch of missiles from a submarine. However, the report said no activity could be seen suggesting preparations for a new test of submarine-launched missile. North Korea has been working to develop a nuclear-tipped missile capable of reaching the United States. If they get this, they will have it, sparking a major international crisis in which U.S. President Donald Trump has said that all options are under consideration, including military ones. North Korea is also thought to be working on solid-fuel missile for submarine launches. So this is very scary stuff, and they cannot allow this person to have those nukes. We can trust Russia to a point. We can trust all the people that have had them in the past. We cannot trust Iran, and we cannot trust North Korea. Thank you, Bill Clinton. Thank you, Bill Clinton. BBC, Europe steps in to cover U.S. shortfall in funding climate science. Well, that doesn't bother me at all. Next article, Russian Times. U.K. out, Germany down, France on top. Macron may bid for EU leadership crown. This guy is somebody to be watched. He's young. He's handsome. He's got all of the marks that an antichrist could have. I'm not saying it's him. I'm not trying to go to that point. But he is the type of person that could very easily fit the bill, and it is going to be a person from the revived Roman Empire, hence that part of the world, okay? We know this. The Bible is explicit. With the UK leaving the European Union and Germany focused on a looming domestic crisis over Angela Merkel's failure to secure a coalition deal, France's Emmanuel Macron may have a chance to become the de facto leading figure of the European Union. Macron was elected on a platform of Eurocentrism, standing up to a growing popularity of nationalism in Europe. While his domestic popularity is dwindling amid painful reforms and his personality traits have been interpreted as arrogant and aloof by many, French, he has certainly demonstrated plenty of ambition in foreign policy. So he's somebody to watch. Somebody to watch. Newsweek. Police body cameras. Do you know they're racist? They are, yeah. Listen to this. Police body cameras can threaten civil rights of black and brown people, new report says. Now, the whole point of putting these on was to protect their rights, but now it's racist to have them. Okay? Zero hedge. Anti-white hate crimes are the fastest growing racial crimes in America. Haven't heard that on any major news. From Zero Hedge, more good news. NFL ratings slump. Worsens as ESPN forced to slash 80 million in salary costs. Good job. Okay, got a less Rick for you here. There's a Rev, born not a girl, but a boy, who's intent on pursuing great joy. He does not think uncouth that his wife's name is Ruth, yet, in truth, he's the one that is coy. Thank you there, Les. Let's see here. I got an irony of the week for you, and we'll be done. But before I do, I want to tell you that Sergio and Rhoda did a fantastic video today from Masada. The, the photography is better than any of them before, and I keep saying that, but this is astonishing photography. They've got this drone flying around them as they're going up the uh, cable car to Masada. They've got just wonderful sounds. Everything ties in very beautifully, and um, I want to let you know that if you watch that, and I hope you do, you know, his numbers are going to be better than any Prophecy Update in the world pretty soon. I mean, everybody loves him. I, I get so many comments about him. But uh, if you do watch that one, you need to click at the bottom corner or wherever you click for the subsequent video because there is an, a follow-on video. We did not show it in the church this morning, but it is a follow-on to it. 
So please watch both of them in a row. It's, I think, episodes 31 and 32. So if you watch the Masada video today, please watch the second one. It is very good, okay? Um, Let's see here. Our irony of the week from Knox News, Knoxville, Tennessee, Knox News, to hurt an accidental shooting at East Tennessee Church during discussion on church shootings. Yeah. Somebody loaded his gun back up after giving a demonstration, and somebody asked, can I see your gun? And bang. Yeah, shot two people with one bullet. Okay, mail online. Driver 18 has to renew her license after writing my dad's house as her address. So she's got this license that says, I live at my dad's house. Hello. Anyway, and she, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to stereotype people, but she definitely looked like the type that would make that type of an error. <laughs> anyway, so such is the world we live in, and from Sarasota, Florida, to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, and Sanford, North Carolina, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week. <laughs>